doing a study in Proverbs on Wednesday night. We're trying, and I stress the word trying, to get through a chapter a week. As I was studying chapter 3, I'm thinking, I don't know, man, this is going to be a hard one to get through because there's so much. You know why? Because there's so much good stuff in it. Amen. And there's, there is some good stuff in it, but um, uh, this chapter deals with guidance and direction. And um, uh, in chapter 3, and we, that's what we want to talk about tonight from this third chapter on wisdom directs our path. And of course, you know, the theme of this whole, uh, of this whole study and in the book of Proverbs is the wisdom of God, which comes from the Spirit of God, from the Word of God. And, and, and in this book of Proverbs, it's just packed full of the wisdom and wise sayings of Solomon that was given to him by the Holy Spirit. So a uh, lot of wisdom. Listen, we, we all need more wisdom. Wisdom is, is knowing how to rightly appropriate the knowledge you have, to rightly use knowledge. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much knowledge a person has if they don't have the wisdom to know how to properly apply that knowledge in their life. Amen. But in Proverbs chapter 3, let's read some verses here, beginning with verse number 1. And Solomon says, My son... Do not forget. See, you know, you could stop right there and just preach. But uh, my son, do not forget my law. But let your heart, notice this, let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Some of the most familiar verses in the Bible right here. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. The Lord and He shall direct your paths. Amen. Um, well, you've heard the story. I think Brother Terry Green mentioned it, and I've told it before about the little boy in school that wouldn't sit down. You know, he, he was just defying the teacher. And she told him several times, you know, you know, Johnny, you need to sit down, and he wouldn't do it. And so finally she threatened him if he didn't sit down that he was going to have to go to the principal's office, and he knew if he got sent to the principal. That was back in the day, I guess, when you got sent to the principal, you got in trouble at home too. You, your parents didn't come and get on to the principal. Amen. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> he, she threatened to send him to the principal's office, and so he finally sat down. And when she when she commended him on that, that he was sitting down, you know, you know the story. The little boy said, "Well, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside." Amen. Well, see, the thing was that 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 little boy was compliant, but he was not submissive. 
And uh, a lot of times people are that way because God, and, and when we come to the things of God and the Word of God, God doesn't just want our compliance to the Word of God, which He does want us to comply to the Word of God, but He doesn't just want our compliance to the Word. He wants us to have submissive obedience to the Word and be submissive to the Word of God and to the will of God. And so this chapter deals with that and talks about being submissive and being obedient, as does so much of the Proverbs, the same thing. talks about our submissiveness and our obedience to the Lord. And we're going to look at that tonight. But the key verses, the key verses, I believe, in this entire chapter, which has 35 verses, by the way, uh, the, the key verses of this chapter were the last two verses that I read verses number five and verse number six and those verses are a promise that we claim all the time I've used those two verses a lot of time in giving advice and counsel and direction to people who are in need or who are, are going through something that they don't understand and um, but those two verses where it says trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path and uh, or direct your ways. And I, uh, I, I don't know of any more important verses in the Word of God than those two right there to help us in times when we don't know what to do or don't understand certain situations in our life. And so they're pro that's a promise. Those two verses are a promise that we can claim when we need direction in our life. It's a promise that will not fail. How many believes that tonight? That's a promise that will not fail. However, we get back to kindly what we were talking about last week. We have to meet the conditions in order for the promise to be fulfilled in our life. None of the promises of God are unconditional, but they all have conditions that we have to uh, that we have to meet. And um, when you know God, God keeps His promises that He makes to us as long as we obey His precepts. Amen. Even the promise of salvation has a condition. We must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Place our faith in the finished work of, of the cross in order to be saved. Believe and be saved. Isn't that right? So there's conditions to the promises. And in verses 1 through 12, God gives us uh, a series of couplets. So actually, in the first 10 verses, these 10 verses in Proverbs are known as couplets. And a couplet is a command that a command or a precept that then is followed by a blessing. In other words, the Lord tells us something to do and then tells us the result that we will receive and what he will do if we will do what he said do. If we keep the precept, he keeps the promise. Amen? And a lot of people don't understand that today. They want the promises and don't want to keep the precepts. Amen. Well, you, you, you got the cart before the horse. Everything's messed up when you do it that way. So we got to follow God's plan and God's order. Amen. So um, we keep the promises 
uh, or we keep the precepts and God keeps the promises. So if we look here in verses 1 through 4 that I read to you, we find that, that the first thing God tells us here and talks to us about is not forgetting his word, to remember his word. In verse 1 there, he says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. There's the precept. To remember the word of God and not to forget the word of God is to be obedient to the word of God. And it's God's word that reveals God's will to our life. People that want to know the will of God for their life uh, will find the will of God for their life in the word of God. You've got to open the Bible and read the Bible and let the Holy Spirit, the Lord, speak to you from the Bible, from the Word of God, if you want to find out what His will is for your life. Amen. We don't just go through life willy-nilly just, you know, doing, doing whatever we want to do, but we must take the time to seek the Lord and find His will. And so He tells us not to forget his his law or his word and i know you know people all of us are forgetful at times some of us at more times than others <laughs> but but we have tendency a, a tendency to be forgetful and so god's admonition to us is to do everything that we can to keep the word of God before before us and not to forget his word. And notice he says, he said, let, let your heart keep my commands. To keep means to guard. It means to preserve. And so we are to keep his commands. The Bible says there that we are to keep his word and his commands where? In our heart in our spirit of course you know when he uses that term the heart he's talking about the innermost being of man the the spirit of man not not the organ that pumps blood through your body but you keep uh, the commands of God with your in, with your whole heart and that's so important um, if we hide the word of God uh, in our hearts we're not going to be as apt to forget it it can leave your mind kind of easy if that's the only place you have it. And it's good to get it in your mind. you got to get it in your mind before you can get it in your heart. Amen? And through pondering and through study and through meditation, uh, the Word of God gets from your, your, through your eye gate, through your, your mind, and down into your spirit and down into your heart. And the parts of the Word of God that you hide in your heart are the parts of the Word of God that are going to be there when you need them. I think we talked about that last week and how the Holy Spirit will bring those verses of Scripture to our remembrance when we need them. Amen. So the word and commandments of God must be secured in our heart because all of our life, everything everything that, that we are tonight or will be flows from our heart outward. Amen. That's why it's so important to keep your heart, to guard your heart. In Proverbs 4, 
and 23, in that, then that chapter over there, he said to keep your heart without of all, with all diligence, for out of it your heart spring the issues of life. So all the issues of life flow out of your heart. What's in your heart will come out in your life. Amen? What you're, what's in there? That's why when a person gets born again and gets saved, their life changes is because they have a heart change. They get changed on the inside. That's what the new birth is, is being born of the Spirit. Jesus said that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's our natural birth. But that which is born of the Spirit is our spirit. And so that's what he told Nicodemus about being born again. So when you get born again, that's why, you know, when I got up from that altar as, as a, a sinner, went to the altar as a sinner and got up, I still had long hair. I didn't look any different on the, on the outside. I, I, I still looked the same. I didn't change outwardly except the expression on my faith, face, I think, was there was a more of a glow and a joy. But there was a change that took place on the inside, and my life changed on the outside, and so did yours because there was a change that took place on the inside in your heart. So the Bible Bible says, out of the good treasure of your heart, um, a man brings forth good things. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that's why it's so important to keep your heart clean and pure and do it diligently to keep your heart clean and pure because out of your heart flow the issues of life. I was listening to, uh, I was listening to radio. I don't remember where I was going somewhere the other day and on, had Francis and friends on and someone had either called in or wrote in. Uh, sent an email in about that they didn't believe that all sin proceeded from the heart, that it was, uh, that it proceeded from your thoughts or your mind. Did you happen to hear that? And, and I'm, you know, and of course they, that is not right. Sin comes, when a person is living a life of sin, it's because it's, it's in their heart. Jesus said, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, and all these things. And, you know, he said it comes from the heart. He he said, you know, he was talking about not, they was, they was, you know, finding fault with Jesus the Pharisees was because he didn't wash his hands before he ate. And he said, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles man, it's what comes out. And he said, it's out of the heart that these things come forth. So that's why we as believers must, we get saved, we get born again, we've got to guard our heart and keep our heart with all diligence. Amen. David said uh, in Psalm 119, your word, Lord, I've hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. So he says there, you know, to keep, uh, forget not my law, keep, keep let, but let your heart keep my commandments. That's the precept. But notice then in verse 2, the couplet there, he gives, he gives um, a blessing there. And, he, and, 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 and on down the line, he gives these blessings. And uh, he says in verse, verse number 2, for length of days and long life and peace will they, the commandments of God, the word of God, add to you. See, listen, 
obedience. And this is just a simple thing. But we, we, we've got to keep this um, before us all times. Because obedience to God's word is what opens the windows of heaven for the blessings of God to fall and come into our lives. When you read Deuteronomy 28 under the Old Testament, the principles are there. He said to them that if they would obey, told Israel if they would obey his voice and keep his precepts, that all of these blessings would come on them and overtake them. We've got people going everywhere trying to find the blessing of God, getting in one prayer line after another prayer line, looking for somebody to lay their hands on them and impart some kind of a blessing to them. I've got news for you. If those people are not keeping the word of God and obeying the word of God, I don't care who lays hands on them. The blessing isn't coming. But if they'll just get in where they need to be with Jesus and follow the word of God, they won't have to look for God's blessing, God's blessing will come looking for them. Come on, amen. That's the word of God. That's the truth. And so there, there's, there's a window of heaven open to notice. Notice when we, when we don't forget the word, when we keep his commandments, notice the blessing he says in verse 2. For length of days and long life and peace, they, those commandments, will add to you. There's a blessing pronounced here of prolonged life and longevity, right? Amen? How many believes God wants you to live a long life? I know Sister Marie believes that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. She's 99 and, and comes to church every service. Praise God. But the Lord, that's one of the blessings of God is longevity and a prolonged life. The Bible tells us if we honor our parents, that there's a promise of us living long upon the earth. And there's some reasons, you know, for living a long life. And when you keep the commandments of God, there are some natural reasons for a prolonged life. When you're living for God, listen, the best life anybody can live on this earth is to live for Jesus. Amen. I mean, that in itself, just that lifestyle, that clean, pure, separated, holy lifestyle will add years to your life because you're not out doing the old nonsense you was doing before you got saved. Amen. Praise God. I'm convinced if I wouldn't have got saved and kept going down the road I was going on, I wouldn't be here tonight. Amen. Getting saved and living for Jesus has prolonged my life. And so there, there are some natural reasons. Those who live for God will spare their bodies uh, physical and emotional problems that would lead to an early death. Amen. Uh, the Bible says in one place, I believe it's in, either in Psalms or Proverbs, it says that bloody and deceitful men will not live half their days. So you can lengthen your life or you can shorten your life by the way you live. Right? That's, that's what the Bible teaches us. So there, it pays, listen, it pays to live for God. To live a clean, holy life. 
There's natural reasons, but also supernatural reasons because God usually grants and gives promises and precepts in the Word of God to grant long life to those who fear Him. Proverbs 3.16 on down in that chapter says, Length of days, speaking of wisdom, so the length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand is riches and honor. In Proverbs 4 and verse 10, it says, My son, uh, hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Amen. I like that. I, I, you know, I, I just want to live long as the Lord wants me to be here and do the work of the Lord. Amen. Don't have no plans on retiring from the ministry. I thought about that the other day. How long? You know, Lord, are you going to let me preach and, and minister? And I'm planning on doing it until the Lord takes me out of here, either by death or the rapture, whichever comes first. Amen. Praise God. But he's promised us Uh, He's given us this general principle of long life. And I say it that way. I I almost said a promise, but I don't know. It is a general principle that if you live for God, you live right, uh, you do the right things, you follow the Word of God, you're generally going to live longer. Now, there are some exceptions to that rule because we all know of believers, of Christians that have died at a young age by a sickness or an accident. I, I don't have all the answer to that. We had, you know, a, our, our daughter just uh, uh, a month, less than a month, just a couple of weeks uh, shy of her 17th birthday, was a good Christian girl filled with the Holy Spirit, living for Jesus, uh, bringing kids to church, bringing kids to youth group, and she was in an automobile accident and lost her life and went to heaven. Now, I don't understand all that. What's, somebody say, well, see, the word didn't work because she didn't live a long life. I said it's a general principle, not a guaranteed promise. God in his wisdom can do what he wants to do. Come on, somebody. Don't you believe that God knows the end from the beginning? Anybody believe that? Anybody think that God knows the end from the beginning? I believe God can look down the corridor of time and see the future and knows. He's he's omniscient. He knows everything. Amen. And, 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 you know, it would be much better... To, to have her know that she's in heaven and the Lord could have took her to heaven to spare her or us from something down the road that we don't know, amen? But uh, so I don't question, I believe it in the hand, I leave it in the hands of God and I've, I've thought about it many times, prayed about it many times and I've thought, you know, it was a difficult thing to give her up but we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that her heart was right with Jesus and she's in heaven but uh, I would have hated to, to some years later to had to go identify her body as a, as a drug overdose or something like that come on I know where she's at today I didn't mean to get, see, we're not going to get through this chapter if I keep getting sidetracked. But, uh, but it is a general rule uh, that believers that love the Lord and live for God will live longer lives. Now, there's been some that's got way out off base with this teaching and said that, that you can claim to live 120 years, and they base it on Genesis 6 and 3, and you can claim to live 120 years. Ain't none of them lived that long yet. They ain't going to. 
Amen? It ain't going to happen. Praise God. <laughs> How do you know? Well, I know. I think the, the average lifespan for, uh, for a male in the United States is, I don't know, 70. I want to say 78. may not be quite that much, but... We're getting there. Let's raise that a little bit. Amen. Well, you can lengthen your life by living for Jesus and serving the Lord. That's, that's a principle in the Word of God. But not only that, he said, verse 2, for length of days and long life and peace will it add to you. So there's the blessing of peace. That long life without peace wouldn't be very good, would it? So God's not telling us that we'll have that we can have a, an extended life of misery and unhappiness and turmoil, but it's a long life that would be lived, uh, that, that would be a good life and lived in peace and, and the blessing and the joy of the Lord. And I thank God for his peace tonight. Amen. And that word peace there is shalom, and it means wholeness, health, harmony. It, it means nothing missing, totally whole. And, and that word peace is an all-inclusive word. It means our well-being. It means bodily health, internal. It, it, it's, it's the internal condition of being at rest and contented or fulfilled. And that's the kind Kind of long life God wants us to live is a contented, fulfilled life of peace and the blessing and the joy of the Lord. Amen. And I, I, I have used Sister Marie again, but I look at her and she's always got the joy of the Lord. She's happy. She's smiling. She's worshiping the Lord. God is good to her and he's good to us. Can I get an amen tonight? Praise God. Amen. Verse number three says, don't let he tells us not to let mercy and truth depart from us. And uh, he said, bind them around your neck. Write them upon the tablets of your heart. Hold on to mercy, God's mercy, faithfulness, uh, and write them upon your hearts. God said in Hebrews, you know, God wrote the law on stone, didn't he? On those, those, those Ten Commandments, he wrote with the finger of God on tables of stone. But it's different now. In the New Covenant, the Bible says that God said, I'll put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. So the, the, the Lord, by his Spirit now, takes this word, and if we'll let him do it, he'll write those laws and commandments and the word on our hearts. Hallelujah. In our spirits. Thank God. It's, it's, it's having his word, his law in our hearts. His mercy and our truth. It's not enough, ladies and gentlemen. It's not enough for believers just to carry a Bible in their hand. But we've got to let the Holy Spirit write this Bible on the tablets of our hearts so that it's with us all the time. Amen. And that it just overwhelms us and is a part of our life. Vicki and I, every morning, first thing we do when we get up is, uh, well, the first thing I do is brush my teeth and turn on the coffee pot. Amen. <laughs> And then, and then we get our we get our our Bible reading out, and we sit there and we we read the Word of God and hide the Word of God in our hearts. Amen. 
And uh, it's a blessing. But notice in verse number four, he says, if you'll write them on, on, your, on the tablet of your heart, here's the, here's the blessing. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Favor and high esteem with God and with people. How many, how many want the favor of God in your life? Amen. Somebody preached about it one time. The fog, you know, living in the fog. What's the fog? F-O-G, the favor of God. The being in the favor, having God's favor in your life. Somebody said one time that, that, the, that favor isn't fair. When God's favor is on your life, I mean, things just happen. God's favor was upon Joseph. Remember in the Old Testament, God had put his favor and his blessing on Joseph. And it didn't matter where Joseph was at. didn't matter. He's sold into slavery in Egypt. He's there in Potiphar's house. But the favor of God found Joseph there. And there in Potiphar's house, he prospered. And Potiphar put everything that he owned and, and all of his business into the hands of Joseph. Because he saw the blessing and the favor of God upon his life. He had favor with God and with Potiphar. And then when he, when he, when he got lied on by Potiphar's wife and got thrown in the dungeon in the jail, you know what? The favor of God was still on him in the dungeon. Hallelujah. And the, he was, he was, he was the, the chief jailer down there, you know, when he was in the dungeon. The favor and the blessing of God followed him there. Praise God for God's favor tonight that we can have if we will hide the word of God in our heart and let the Holy Spirit write it on the tablets of our heart and obey it and live it out. Notice verse number five. We, we'll get through these anyway, all right? Because this is some good stuff right here. Verse five through 12. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Remember I said those two verses are the key verses of the whole chapter. Do not be wise in your own eyes, Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your, to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Praise God. Those are Wonderful promises, but then look at verse 11. We don't like this one. We'd like to skip these two. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. So, these verses begin by telling us that we are to trust the Lord completely. Verses 5 and 6 talk about a life of total dependence upon the Lord. Total dependence. That word trust where he says in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That word trust means, the Hebrew word means to lie helplessly face down. In other words, you are submitted and yielded totally to the Lord in every way. Totally and completely trusting him. And who are we to trust in the 
Lord with all of your heart. That's the covenant name of God, Yahweh, Jehovah God, the covenant-keeping God, the God that cannot lie and the God that cannot fail and the God who has all power and the God who can do anything and the God who is, who is, who is, who is more than enough for any situation that we have. Trust in Him, that Lord, that God, that covenant-keeping God. Amen. He, he will not break His promises to us. We can trust. Listen. Listen, you, you may have put your trust in people before and they let you down. You may have put your trust in, a, in, in, in someone that you thought you could really count on and depend on. And they failed you and let you down. But I'm going to tell you something tonight, saints of God. If you'll trust, you can trust, you can rely on, you can put your confidence in the Lord. Because he will never fail you and he'll never let you you down. Amen. Trust in the Lord with what? Now there's the heart again getting involved in this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Amen. With all of your heart. See, listen, trust. When it comes to trust and trusting God, trust is an all or nothing proposal. I mean, he said, what, trust in the Lord a little bit and then trust in somebody else a little bit. Put some of your trust in the Lord. No, it's putting all your trust and confidence in the Lord and leaning on him. Praise God. Leaning on those everlasting arms. Amen. What a fellowship. What a joy divine when we lean on those everlasting arms. Praise God. You can lean on the Lord and put your entire trust in him and know that he will be faithful and never, ever, ever let you down. Come on. Amen. Praise God. Amen. There's no time that God will ever, ever fail one of his children or his people in any way. So it's, it's got to be a total trust. And it's a resting in the Lord. A trusting and a resting in the Lord. That word lean means to support yourself or to rely on something. And it's trusting in the Lord. Here's where we really got to trust him is when we're going through stuff that we don't understand and we can't figure out with our own mind. Has anybody ever been there? You ever been? Yeah, I'm, we're getting down there where we've all been, right? Because we're, hey, we don't understand everything. That old song, by and by when the morning comes and all the saints of God are gathered home, we'll tell the story how we've overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. Isn't that right? <laughs> Praise God. Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 13 that right now we're looking through a glass darkly and we don't know everything. We know in part and we, we prophesy in part, and we just know in part. But there's coming a day when we'll know everything. But that day isn't here yet. We don't know or understand everything. And things happen in our life that we just don't understand. 
talking about our, our, the death of our daughter. We didn't understand that. Still don't completely, but we had to learn to do what? To trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean you just check your brain at the door and uh, you just, you know, don't, don't use your brain at all. Uh, it doesn't mean that at all. Uh, but, it, but, it, but what that scripture is saying is this, is that our human understanding is limited and God's understanding is higher than our understanding. Amen. In the wisdom of God, God allows things or does things in his wisdom that we can't figure out. And, and he may or he may not tell us why. And we've all asked that question probably. Why, Lord, why? And I've preached to you before. It's okay to ask him why. He may tell you, but he may not. And if he don't, you lean not to your own understanding, but you just lean on Jesus and trust him and know, you know, you just tell him, Lord, I know that you know more about this than I do. And you know what I need and you know what's good for me. And I, I'm just believing and trusting that as long as I will follow you, as long as I will love you, as long as I will serve you, as long as I'm fulfilling your purpose in my life, that you'll take Take everything and cause all things to work together for the good in my life. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. He's still working in your life. And even the bad stuff and even the stuff that the enemy brings your way and doesn't seem to be good in your life, God's able to take those situations and those circumstances and turn them around and work it out for good. Amen. And he's the only one who can. He's the only one who can. Joseph did didn't understand why his dreams weren't being fulfilled. Joseph didn't understand why the Lord allowed him to be sold into slavery. He couldn't figure out why he spent all those years in prison. But oh, I'm telling you, one day it came, well, the day came when, when he got the call in that prison house and said, Pharaoh wants to talk to you. And he went in one day from being a prisoner in the dungeon to being second in command to, to the king of Egypt the mightiest nation on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. He went from the prison, the pit, the prison to the palace in one day and then he understood everything that he went through. God had a purpose in that but he didn't lean to his own understanding. He learned how to trust the Lord with all of his heart. Amen. When his brothers came there, you know, they thought he was going to get even with them, and he said, no. He said, you, what you did to me, you meant it for evil, but God, there's another one of them but gods there, <laughs> but God meant it for good. Ooh, hallelujah, man, I'm telling you, that is shouting ground there. And Paul said it this way, if God be for us, who can be against us? 
Amen. And it really don't matter who is against us. Amen. One fellow said, misquoted it one time, but I like what he said. He said, if God be for us, the devil's up against it. And uh, he, he is. And God is for you. I, I visited a person the other day. On Monday, and that was going through some some difficulties and and uh, and and some troubles and struggles in their life, and Satan was attacking them, and 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 I tried to encourage them and tell them, you know, look, if God's for you, if God's with you, and He is, they had begun to believe, and Satan had told them that God wasn't pleased with them anymore, and that they had that God had left them. I said, the Lord will never leave you. I said, have you left Him? Oh no, no, no. I said, well, if you had and left him and walked away from him, then he's still here with you. I don't care what the devil's saying or what the devil's trying to make you believe. God will not leave you. He's for you. He's with you. Let me tell you something. He gave his son for you. Jesus died for you. He shed his blood for you. He went to Calvary for you. He rose from the dead for you. And he's with you and in you and on your side. And he'll bring you through. Don't lean to your own own understanding but trust in the Lord with all of your heart can I get an amen hallelujah hallelujah so when you when you face those things that you can't figure out realize this God's thoughts let me read it to you from Isaiah 55 you know these verses and I'm going to close. I'm going I'm to let you go. We're not going to get through 35 verses tonight. I'm sorry. I was going to try to do a chapter a week, but it ain't happening tonight. Is that all right? We got till the rapture. Amen. We'll, we'll, we'll finish it up. If, if the rapture takes place, we'll go to the marriage supper, and we'll finish it up in the millennium. All right. <laughs> Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Here's what God says about leaning to our own understanding, about our human wisdom and, and, and under, our human understanding being limited. God says this, Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Huh? My thoughts, he said, are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens... Are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, see, that tells us there that God understands a lot more than what we understand or ever can understand. That's why we trust Him with all of our heart. Let me tell you something. It's not always the easiest thing to do. Right? I know we can shout about it tonight. But then when, when we face that situation, that difficulty, whoo, man, it's not the easiest thing to do because um, God's ways do not always run parallel with common sense. I, I, I may mention that in the message Sunday morning, you know, that when, when the Lord, when, when, uh, when Mary 
at the wedding feast of Cana said to those servants, whatever he says, do it. And what did he tell them to do? Well, there are six water pots. Fill them with water. It made no sense. He hadn't healed anybody yet, performed a miracle yet. made no sense. When, when, when Jesus used Peter's fishing boat for a pulpit, got in there and said, launch out a little ways, and he, he launched out. The crowd was so big, he used Peter's fishing boat for a pulpit, preached to the people, and then he turned to Peter and he said, launch out to the deep for a catch and let down your net. And Peter had just come in from fishing that morning. They'd been out there all night fishing. And it didn't make any sense to go back out. And I can imagine running through Simon Peter's mind was the thought, you're trying to, t- I'm the fisherman here. You're the carpenter. You're trying to tell me how to fish. That's probably going through his mind. But I love what Peter said. He said, Lord, we have toiled all night. We have fished all night. But you know what the next word was? Oh, hallelujah. It was one of them victory words. It was, nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the net. And when they did, they enclosed a great multitude of fish. See, it didn't. It ran, the, the command of the Lord ran totally opposite to common sense. The Bible says the foolishness of God is wiser than man. But when we learn the voice of God and the word of God and follow the direction of God, he will, it'll make sense to us. It'll make sense to us. Amen. So don't do what's wise in your own eyes. Let's finish with verse 6. Verse 6. Because Five and six go together. Trust the Lord, verse 5, with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In, here it is again, all your ways. Some of your ways? No. In all your ways. And here's where so many of us miss it right here. In all your ways. What? Acknowledge him. Seek him. Pray about the situation. How many messes have we got ourselves into because we went ahead and done something and we didn't acknowledge the Lord in the situation or take the time to pray? It got Joshua in a mess. Amen? I mean, they had defeated, they'd defeated Jericho, and so they, the next city to go to was Ai. And so, you know, they thought, well, Joshua thought, hey, we don't need near as many people to go over there, so we'll just send a few over there. We can take that city. He didn't take time to inquire of the Lord and seek the Lord. Achan had sinned. There was, there was sin in the camp, and they lost the battle at Ai, and Joshua couldn't figure it out if he would have just taken the time to do this principle right here and in all of our ways. Lord, what would you have me to do? I'm acknowledging you in this. I don't want to make this decision. Man, I'm telling you what, I've bought vehicles before. And that's my wife. I had to have a 1972 Oldsmobile Tornado one time. Glory to God. You ever seen that movie, The Money Pit, about the house? This is what this car was. It was right after I bought that. It was a 455 four-barrel carburetor. Man, it would go. 
And it was right after that we had the Arab oil embargo and gas prices went sky high. And, of course, it wasn't as much as they are now. But I, I, I had to trade it in for a Chevy Vega. <laughs> That's worse yet. You couldn't keep gas in the tornado and you couldn't keep oil in the Vega. <laughs> Amen. I'm trying to tell you, we, we need to learn how to acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways. And what did it say? See, that's the principle. That's the precept. But what's the promise? If you'll trust him, if you'll lean not to your understanding, if you'll acknowledge him, what does he say he would do? And he will direct your paths. Hallelujah. Amen. And when you got the Lord directing your path, you're going to be on the right path. Amen. He won't lead you wrong. Well, praise God. I feel good tonight. I'm going to quit, though. This is my second message today. Let's stand. Let's worship the Lord. Praise God. That is some good news. That's some good wisdom for all of us. Amen.